0: And now, The Federal Drive with Tom Temin on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network, underwritten by Impress Technology Solutions and Dell EMC. Hello and thanks for joining us on this Tuesday, May 7th, 2019, six minutes past the hour. I'm Tom Temin. Our producers are Lauren Larson and Eric White, our digital editors Amelia Brust and David Thornton. Coming up in this hour of The Federal Drive, blockchain technology is moving quickly into some of the government's most important niche applications. Plus, the Navy tries to balance its modernizing needs with its everyday operating needs. Those stories and much more ahead during this hour of The Federal Drive. But first, Oracle Corporation wrote about 1,000 pages in its bid for the Defense Department's $10 billion cloud program known as the Joint Enterprise Defense Initiative, or JEDI. The company says DOD eliminated it without getting much past the first eight pages, which detailed Oracle's qualifications under the first evaluation gate. In his weekly feature, The Reporter's Notebook, executive editor Jason Miller has exclusive details of why Oracle wants more congressional oversight of the JEDI program, and Jason joins me now. This is the one that simply will not die.
1: You know, Tom, you're absolutely right, and I think that the drama and the intrigue is going to continue throughout the entire summer, and there's and, and it's all building up really to the mid-July time frame. And, and what the issue here is Oracle got down-selected out, or if you will— they were told from DOD that you did not make it past the first downselect. So we know that from a previous reporting that my colleague Jared Serbo and I have done, that it was uh, Amazon Web Services and Microsoft are the two finalists for this JEDI contract. Oracle and IBM, the two other competitors, were told they didn't make it past the first round. And I think what Oracle is doing, they wrote eight letters to, to members of Congress, uh, Senate and House Armed Services Committee, ranking member and chairman, Plus the the House and Senate Appropriations Committee, the Subcommittee for Defense, both ranking member and chairman, saying, hey, this is a big problem. You need to start paying closer attention to this as we get closer to that July date of the the expected award.
0: And what about the idea of these gates and why DOD is putting so much emphasis on this approach? Because it sounds like if Oracle's right, then they didn't get past the first eight pages. What does that really mean?
1: And I think that's the issue that Oracle is really raising to congressmen and women is this idea that, listen, we're being looked at over eight pages, and, and then the gates, and we've heard this time and again from Oracle, from IBM, from Microsoft, from Google, that these gates aren't necessarily fair. They're very arbitrary. So let me give you an example. So the gate that Oracle is highlighting that really kind of, they say, kick them out, and this is how we know this, is because they put it in the letter to the members of Congress, basically it's called... The, the DoD wanted the unclassified usage for DoD will not represent a majority of the unclassified usage across the entire cloud platform. So Oracle said DoD randomly picked January and February 2018 as the months that they're measuring that usage. And they said this came up, set, this was set seven months before the JEDI request for proposal even came out. And now it's 18 months since they set up those gates. So Oracle said they, they failed because they were 0.79%. So not even 1% short of that mandate, meaning the percentage of of, of cloud usage for unclassified versus for DoD. And they said if, if DoD would have pushed those dates out, the deadline out 30 days, Oracle would have passed probably other, age, uh, other of the vendors too. And they're saying the arbitrary gates is a problem. They understand why the gates are important, but just to pick two random dates and not taking the fact that the cloud is growing by leaps and bounds every month, every year – they say, is, is is missing the point. Now, what DoD has done is when they set up gates, it's like a waterfall. You you pass gate one, you get to gate two. You pass gate two, you get to gate three. And the other gates include things like automation, commerciality, independence, and and data. And we've been told also that IBM made it through gate one, but they failed through gate two, which is around high availability and failover. So the fact is that I'm pretty sure, you know, not having talked to IBM, but they probably have some high availability and failover. Now, what was their arbitrary gate that DoD picked? It's unclear. But if you just look at that first gate that Oracle failed, is there some randomness to this other second gate, too, and then to all the gates?
0: Well, that's right. Maybe you were... 0.1% off on gate one, but you were solid for gate two, three, and four, But then the government is leaving itself out of some great choices.
1: Correct. And DOD would never have gotten to gates two, three, four, five, six, seven, because it kicked the vendor out of gate one. And and that's the point Oracle is making to the lawmakers. Listen, is DOD, you know, biting their nose to spite their face in, in many ways, because they're missing out on potential really solid Competitors. Now, would Oracle have won? Who knows? But to write 1,000 pages, to put a bid together and not get even consideration of the, of the for DoD to read all 1,000 pages in and, and their view is, is wrong, and that's why they're highlighting this to lawmakers.
0: We're speaking with Federal News Network's executive editor, Jason Miller. What does Oracle want Congress to do now at this point?
1: There's a couple dates because, as I mentioned earlier, that are coming up. One, DoD expects to make the award sometime in mid-July. They said July 19th on or about, so you know those dates float. The other thing is Oracle also has a case before the Court of Federal Claims, a part of their bid protest, and that also potentially will be decided before this award date. So they realize that Congress can't put something in law, they can't put necessarily any any kind of provision in a spending bill or an authorization bill because those things will not pass before these dates happen. So I think they're looking for hearings or they're looking for letters or they're looking for if you will, Congress ask DOD to come brief them, something to say to, to, to DOD, hey, this doesn't make sense. You're going against all the best practices. And again, whether you pick Oracle or not is not the point. Is is this the, the makes sense for the DOD, the service members, the warfighters and, and the citizens in terms of how much money you're going to spend?
0: And having seen these documents that went from Oracle to Capitol Hill, do you have any sense of what the reaction might be from members?
1: It's a little early, but I can tell you this, Tom, that the Lawmakers, there's at least some lawmakers that are very interested in this. At the recent uh, House Appropriations Subcommittee on Defense hearing where uh, Acting Duty Secretary Patrick Shanahan testified, Congressman Steve Womack from Arkansas asked Shanahan about JEDI, and we have the entire transcript of their short conversation. And, and I'll, I'll just kind of highlight one piece of this, time because I, th- I think it's it's very interesting. One of the things that Womack said to Acting Secretary uh, Shanahan was asking about Jedi and says he's very concerned about Jedi. But he also said, have you paid attention to the intelligence community and what they're doing with their new C2E cloud? And how are you using those lessons into your cloud? And Shanahan, unfortunately, did not offer any new interesting comments. He understands this is just a small piece of of our biggest cloud. You know, he basically downplayed these concerns that these vendors are having.
0: All right, so I guess we don't have the final story at this point yet, but it sounds like Oracle's not letting this one go.
1: I think it's going to be going on for quite a while.
0: And there's another procurement in trouble, GSA's 2GIT contract.
1: Now, this is the replacement for the Air Force NetSense in some ways. It's not a direct recompetition, but basically NetSense and, and the Air Force decided not to recompete that and move everything to GSA. GSA was going to launch this one, this new one. And, and I spoke with Rick Vogel, who's the head of federal sales for the Coast to Coast Computers out in, in California. And, and Rick said, listen, I'm seeing the same playbook GSA played with the office supplies, which basically was move everything off of Schedule 75 to a, a limited strategic sourcing vehicle called Office Supplies 2, and then where all of a sudden you went from three to four to 500 vendors down to 13 small vendors and two large vendors. And and that just, he said, decimated the market. They're doing the same thing they're doing with 2GIT. He worries that they're going to do the same decimation of the Schedule 70, especially for small product vendors. And he has filed a bid protest with the Government Accountability Office and saying that GSA has violated the Small Business Jobs Act of 2010 in several areas. And I just want to highlight two of those areas, Tom. There was no impact analysis, he says, that GSA should have done on the impact of 2GIT on small business. And he also says 2GIT violates the bundling statute because it's not a direct follow-on to the Air Force in that sense. And then he also says the evaluation factors are unduly restrictive because GSA is requiring all firms to be certified ISO 9001 standard, which he says could cost them fifteen dollars to $20,000 or more. And There's no other procurement ever that has required this ISO 9001 standard. Rick Vogel has been very clear about this. He goes, this is the hill I'm dying on, was his words.
0: Federal News Network's Jason Miller, thanks so much. Thank you, Tom. Be sure to check out his notebook now online at federalnewsnetwork.com. Still to come on Federal News Radio, the Navy tries to balance its modernizing needs with its everyday operating needs. It's the Federal Drive with Tom Temin, Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network.